This is Meg with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan from Featherstone Nutrition. And this is Thomas from Believe in the Run. And we're back with our first episode ever of Fuel for the Soul. And it's going to be a fun one, I can already tell. So before we dive into our first listener question, let's talk about our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Thomas, what is Inside Tracker? Funny you should ask. Inside Tracker is an ultra personalized nutrition platform that uses blood work to create one of a kind, science backed action plan to help you reach your potential for better performance and a longer, healthier life. Yeah, so they were founded in 2009, and the Boston company first started working with professional athletes who wanted to see what their biomarkers, hormone, and mineral profiles look like during their training and how they could use nutrition and lifestyle to improve. Get this, they measure over 30, 30 biomarkers and recommend food and supplements to optimize things like your energy, cognition, endurance, heart health, and more. And the really great news for you all is for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off their entire store. Boom. Just go to insidetracker.com slash fuel. Why don't we take our first question from uh, Karen Just, who submitted this on the Anchor app. It's a question about hydration, so go ahead and play that tape. Hey there, so this is a nutrition question for you related to kind of summer running and um, suggestions related to running in the heat. Um, I feel like I struggle so much, especially with the humidity, and I try so hard to hydrate. I obviously understand like the basics about how much you know, we lose so many electrolytes and so much water, um, running in the summertime. And I've tried really hard to make up for that, but I still feel like I have so much GI upset for lack of a better word in the summertime. Um, and I was just curious kind of like what your major suggestions are for helping that, um, kind of helping that heat issue, like getting through running in the heat. I I don't mind it from a personal standpoint, but my body seems to respond like pretty poorly to it a lot. Um, and obviously as time goes on over the summer, it gets better, but I'd love to like not start feeling better by August and, and start out summer feeling a little stronger. Thanks so much, Karen, for submitting that question. I think it's something a lot of us can relate to. So, um, Megan, I'll let you kick it off from here. So I think we can all relate that as soon as the weather starts to change and the heat kicks up and the humidity increases, that we all begin to feel that on our runs until we've acclimated over about a two week period. So as we are trying to adjust from that, our risk of dehydration is just so much higher. So as Karen, you know, discussed, she told us that she suffers from some GI issues as you know, she's getting dehydrated out there on the run. So this is super, super common. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this as well. So you know, what's happening is our blood flow is trying to keep us cooler, right? So we're trying to dissipate all this heat. So we're just not getting the same type of, you know, blood flow or perfusion to our GI tract, which increases our risk of it just wanting to let go of anything that's in there. Um, so really the best thing that we can do is to try to go into these runs while hydrated, um, depending on the duration of the run, perhaps taking in some hydration during the run. And then I think the other thing to really keep in mind that, you know, we'll dig into more today also is, you know, they've done some studies and they've found that over 30% of runners go into runs dehydrated, right? Oh, wow. So if we're going into these runs dehydrated and then we're getting hit with this heat and humidity that our body's not used to, 
our risk of GI issues just goes through the roof. Well, I, I've got a question because you keep bringing up, uh, obviously, Karen lives on the East Coast, mid-Atlantic, where it is humid. But if you're dehydrated and it's not humid, say you're in Arizona or one of the other drier spots, are you having the same issues? So you could if you're new to the area, but if you live in a particular climate that doesn't change very quickly or very often, right? You acclimate to that climate and you're more used to it. So, you know, when we live in the East coast where we have crazy cold winters, really warm, random days in the spring, our body just can't adjust to that. Like somebody that lives in, you know, San Diego with a very temperate climate all year round. Yeah. San Diegans are, seem like <laughs> very weak. <laughs> You're talking about how we're going into runs dehydrated or we're, you know, we're not hydrating enough. How do we know if we're hydrating enough? And if we're not, how do we fix it? So, you know, that's a good question. There's a lot of times what I have people do when they get up in the morning is ask themselves the simple question, am I thirsty? Right? So like scale one to five how thirsty are you? If you're a one, you're not very thirsty. If you're a five, you're incredibly thirsty, right? So if you're a three or a four or a five, you need to drink some water. So that's the first check. The second check is as soon as we get up, what do we do? We go to the bathroom, right? So, you know, when we think of deficiencies and testing for nutrition, you know, we have to give blood and whatnot, but when it comes to hydration, literally all we have to do is look at the color of our pee that tells us so much, right? So literally, you know, they have these crazy, um, like uh, grids, if you charts. will, like, in, yeah. yeah, charts, you guys see these, right? The pea color like, yeah. charts. Paint samples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah paint. <laughs> I'm going to paint my walls that yellow color. Um, no. So really, you know, it's, it's such a cheap thing to do is to look and you don't want it to be clear. You want it to be light yellow. You don't want it to be dark yellow. So you combine those two pieces of data, right? How thirsty are we? And then also, um, you know, what is the color of our pea and are we dehydrated, right? If you're heading out Wait, for a run, I, I I think the color of the pee thing, though, throws me off because over the course of the day, I am I'm like the reading rainbow. I've got I've got I'm all <laughs> over the chart. I mean, it's never like that. I'm going to die brown uh, one, but it's like I would say it varies in in thing. And what I've heard in the past is take your body weight and half it and drink that many ounces. That's another thing that is like a generic, how much fluid do I need on a daily basis? So yes, I, I totally support that. Right. So if someone weighs 180 pounds, what is that? Like 90 ounces a day. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> mental math is not my forte. So, <laughs> um, you know, so yes, that, right. That's a good way to generically like figure out how much do I need on a daily basis. But the thing to keep in mind is any fluid losses, any sweat losses that we have on top of that, we need to replace. So, you know, we get into this concept of what I call kind of a slow creep of dehydration. So if maybe we're hitting our daily, you know, 90 ounces, 80 ounces, whatever it is based on our body weight, but we're losing two or three pounds of fluid on, you know, our run every day and not replacing that every day, we're just digging a little bit deeper into that dehydration because uh -huh. we're not replacing those losses. I didn't think of that and it's starting to become Thomas's question here. But um, it, my problem is I'm just, when you say not thirsty, like I am not thirsty. Like I don't want to drink, like I should be drinking uh, 80 ounces of water a day. And that's on top of what I lose uh, from the run, from what you're saying. And I pretty much have to force myself to get those fluids down. Like I, I don't crave water. I'm not thirsty. 
until around 3 a.m. And then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I like I'm, I'm trying to trick myself into drinking more water. So I think our thirst is a crummy mechanism, right? So by the time we're thirsty, we're already dehydrated. I'm sure you guys have all heard that. Um, so it's, it's, it almost, we need to come up with a little bit of a plan or a goal when it comes to that. But the other thing that's important is everything counts towards hydration except alcohol. So mm. your coffee counts, your tea counts, your sparkling water counts, your martini does not count. Um, but everything else does count towards your hydration. So you might be getting more than you realize. Okay. I do. I do like enjoy my morning coffee. What are some, speaking of that, what are some foods that maybe we're not thinking of that have a ton of water that we can be eating to supplement? So we're not always forcing ourselves to drink water. Yeah. And that's a good point too. Cause when you look at, and this is why hydration is so tricky because for everything else, it's like, oh, we need X amount of iron a day, or we need X amount of calcium a day, but for fluid, they have like adequate intakes. It's not like what we all need. And when you look at that, they're astronomical. It's like 16 cups for men and 12 cups for women, but that includes the fluid that we get from food. So to your point, we do get a lot of fluid from the food that we're eating. So obviously things that are high in water content, like fruits and vegetables, um, you know, they say we can get about like 20% of our fluid needs through food. So yet again, another reason to eat our fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Pretzels don't have a lot of water, <laughs> um, but <laughs> to, to answer Karen's question, because I don't know if we, uh, other than trying to acclimate and stay ahead of hydration, she's saying that throughout the summer, it takes her so long to acclimate. What are some things that you can do to prepare your yourself for summer and to get to that acclimation faster? Yeah. And I think first and foremost is really understanding what our fluid needs are and assessing where we stand with that. So my assumption for somebody that's having a really hard time acclimating, they're probably dehydrated. They're probably not drinking enough on a daily basis. So the two pieces of that is one, getting the fluid we need on a daily basis, and then two, really understanding how much fluid are we losing? So with a lot of my athletes, you know, for people who come to me and say, you know, I have an intolerance to training through the summer. I cannot tolerate running in the heat. The first thing that tells me is they're sweating more than the average athlete, and they might be losing more sodium in their sweat, because those are the two things that typically, you know, is happening when we are not tolerating training through the heat. So perhaps Karen is a heavy sweater that's losing more sodium, and we just have not nailed her hydration plan quite yet. So what we would do is take a look at making sure that we're drinking enough on a daily basis. And then also you can do just a really simple sweat loss test where you weigh in before your run, you weigh in after your run, don't eat, don't drink, don't pee, don't do anything in between. Ideally, both those weigh-ins would be naked because our clothes are going to absorb sweat, right? And then for every pound we lose, we've lost 16 ounces of sweat. So that oh, wow. gives us a really good idea of, you know, how much we're losing. And then that gives you a good, you know, visual of well, crap. Like I'm not coming anywhere close replacing that. Yeah. J late July naked weigh-ins are my favorite <laughs> weigh-ins after a run. Cause that's when I set that mentally, that's where I say, that's how much I weigh. So after run, but so in Karen's case then, so Karen could be going out and running high mileage in the summer, dehydrating herself there, not realizing that she's not putting in the hydration that she needs just for those runs it kind of creates a cycle. So she's already dehydrated. She is trying, maybe she feels like she's gulping down water, but she's already at a deficit. 
And on top of that, her sodium levels could be off so that she's not retaining the water in her system and it's not being used properly for the exercise, which sets her up to feel this, these GI issues. Am I reading this correct? 100% Thomas, you nailed it. Oh, cool. Do I get a <laughs> sticker? <laughs> a gold sticker too. So how important are these all equal in when you're hydrating before the run, during the run, and then after the run, are you going to benefit more if you drink a bunch before you go out and then don't worry about water out on the run, or do you need to take it in while you're running or does it matter when you take in the water? And that's something that I personalize a lot for athletes as well. Some people can get away with a 60 minute run with drinking nothing, right? Some people need to take something out there with them. Um, you know, but there is some really fascinating research right now that might also help Karen. Um, and it's the concept of sodium preloading. So we know that we can carb load before a race, right? If the day before the few days before we eat extra carbs, our body hangs onto them, same concept, but with sodium and fluid. So I'm sure we've all eaten a really salty meal and realized that, wow, I feel swollen. I've retained a lot of fluid from that salty meal. So same concept, we would want to do something like that the night before a run or a race that's going to be very hot or very long so that we retain some extra sodium. We retain some extra fluid. So literally we have extra to burn off of first before we start dipping into our own hydration and sodium stores, which has been shown specifically for females too, to be really beneficial in helping, um, offset those, those symptoms of dehydration. Um, so that might be something that'd be really helpful. Are you saying that I can take my salt tab, my chewable salt tabs, you know, from a, this isn't an ad, but a salt stick or whatever I use those chewable ones. Um, I, I usually in the summer, I take them before a run. You're saying I should be taking them the day before and hydrating and it, it will store in my system. The night before would be, I would probably, honestly, if it's going to be really hot, you could do it the night before and also right before kind of to, right. to Meg's point, you know, it would be beneficial to do it both places truthfully, because what I find is for, for runners that are really sweaty and really salty when they're out there, we just cannot recoup our losses while we're out there. So we have to make sure that we're recouping them afterwards. And then also, you know, storing a little extra so that we're going into these runs, you know, with a little more on board versus relying on, oh, I can get my fluid and my sodium in while I'm out there. Like we really have to be looking at the before and after more so because most people just can't tolerate, um, taking in or carrying, right? I always hear that. Well, how am I going to carry that much fluid when I'm out there? You know, <laughs> that's, credit, credit card. that's sort of exactly <laughs> what you had me do before the Woodlands Marathon, because we did know that I'm a very uh, heavy and salty sweater. And so the night before I was sipping on scratch labs and I guess even like the full day before, and then out on the course, I was also taking it. And that was the first time that I didn't get calf cramps at like mile 18. And um, so I, yeah, 100% support that drinking some, whatever sort of sodium or electrolytes the night before. Or taking a salt tab. Or taking a salt tab, I think. And and this brings up a question for me because Meg doesn't get GI issues necessarily. She gets calf cramps. And so in Karen's uh, physiology, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. In Karen's, that's where it appears for her. In Megan, it appears in the calves. 
people may be having performance issues and not realizing that it's tied to hydration and not necessarily uh, another like, oh, mystery, uh, you know, fatigue in this area. No, you're dehydrated. How, how can someone diagnose where their issue is starting? And I 100% agree with you on that. I would honestly say probably 50% of the athletes that come to me with GI issues, it's hydration. They've been cutting out all these foods. They've been cutting out all these things and trying to change everything. And their mind is like blown when we start talking about sodium and water. And I can think of a couple of people right offhand that we were totally able to keep them from having GI issues in a race in marathon distance with the right hydration. So, you know, I totally agree with you that there's tons of things out there that people probably haven't even related back to hydration. One's fatigue. So I think we're starting to learn, you know, how important iron is. So people are like, oh, my iron stores must be, you know, tanking. I'm so tired, but really it's getting warmer out. We're dehydrated, right? That's one of the first symptoms of dehydration is fatigue. My legs always feel heavier. It's harder to hold paces in the heat. Uh, I always have just said, well, I'm just not acclimated to or I'm, I'm better at, yeah, I need that optimum temperature of 50 degrees to perform well. Um, it, and there, there has to be something to the temperature, but as, as it goes up is the thing that we're looking at that maybe is something that sucks the performance out of people is just that hydration is the key. It's not the necessarily the higher temps. So I think it's a combination truthfully. So, I mean, the higher temperature is going to create, you know, a higher workload on our body, right. You know, to try to cool our entire body. Yeah. Our heart rate increases. So I think there's certainly, you know, some other aspects to it than just hydration, but hydration is one that we can try to control, right? We can't control when we get a hot race, but we can control, you know, how much fluid we take in before, how much fluid we take in during. And, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, as runners, I've never met a runner that doesn't want to try to control something and figure it out for themselves. Right. That's just how we're wired. So, you know, I think that's why we focus on hydration because it is one thing that we can, you know, try to manage ourselves. All right, guys, jumping in here to remind you about our sponsor, Inside Tracker. So if you're listening before, you know already, they measure over 30 biomarkers and recommend food supplements to optimize things like energy, cognition, endurance, heart health, and more. And for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash fuel. Do it. A couple questions related to like our normal routines and if these things are dehydrating us or if they're not. So first one is morning coffee. You said that that actually counts towards our hydration, but also I think it's sort of like... A lot of people think it's a dehydrator. Yeah, that's what we're sort of told, I guess. I'm not sure, but I always have felt like that will dehydrate you. Mm-hmm. So yes, that is a common misconception out there. So when we look at the research, you know, they can do studies where they look at how much fluid we actually retain from our coffee. So there's a very, very tiny diuretic effect from, which means we're losing water from drinking coffee. But when we look at the total fluid volume, we're still retaining much more fluid than we're losing. So like, for example, we drink eight ounces of coffee, we're retaining seven ounces of that. So it's still a net positive fluid benefit to our total day. So, you know, that's where a lot of those misconceptions come. If you're drinking a four ounce martini, where does that liquid go? (laughs) 
you know, Thomas, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I was trying to find research on this. I kid you not. Um, and <laughs> I think it's only like an ounce or two lost, but there was one study that said four times the amount of fluid lost, but I don't believe that one. I don't know about that. Yeah. But That's somebody's idea. wife who's like, stop drinking. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that was, so that was actually going to be my second question related to habits that we tend to do. So if we have a cocktail in the evening or two wine, beer, do liquor. we have to think of that almost like a run in which case we need to drink more water because of it or is we just ignore it? Correct. So we want to add some water in there. So that old wives tale of like alternate alcohol, non-alcoholic, al- alcohol, non-alcoholic, as far as drinks go, there really is some, some benefit to that. Um, you know, I think if we're drinking at least equal volume in another fluid, we should be fine to help, you know, recoup, recoup that dehydrating effect of the alcohol. And then, so obviously when I was working with you, I wanted to get a sweat test because I was really curious and we were trying to figure out my calf cramps. And so I went ahead and did that. How important do you think is that for, so let's say a Karen who is concerned about GI issues, is it really important for her to go get that test so she can understand how much she's losing and how much salt or is, should you just sort of figure it out by testing it yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it depends on the individual as I think everyone realizes now Meg and myself are both big nerds and we want to know the numbers and we want to know how to figure out how to feel better. Personally, I, um, was one of those people who couldn't tolerate training hard through the summer. So when I got back to marathon running after I'd had my kids, um, that's when I reached out to level in to do the sweat test with me because I was like, I'm missing something. And I was, I wasn't taking in enough sodium and I was having that slow creep of losing too much sodium on every run. And then I was ending up with headaches and fatigue and weakness. And, you know, it just, it wasn't worth it to me. So it was so helpful to be able to see that. And truthfully, I can train through the heat now. Yes everyone needs to adjust. Right. But like, I've never had those issues ever since I figured out how much sodium I'm losing. So I think, you know, it depends on the person. Um, because some people are like, all right, throw some more salt at me. Let's see if it works. Right. Like a trial and error. There's nothing wrong with doing that either. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, just give me more. I'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but for some people who grew up in a family that was like, salt's bad, you know, salt causes hypertension, yeah. you know, your blood pressure is going to be too. So a lot of people have these preconceived notions of no, I'm supposed to be watching my salt. So I've had to get people tested to show them, no, 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 no. This is how much you're losing. So, you know, you're not even taking that in, in a day and you're losing that much in an hour. This is our problem. So sometimes people really need to see those numbers to really comprehend, to understand, to move forward with a plan to really make sure that we, we help it out. Yeah. And we are not sponsored by Levelin, but I, I will say it's a really easy process. If you do want to do it, they literally mail you a little package. You put a little bandage on your arm, you take the swab, you put it and send it back and it's super easy. So if it is something you're, you want to do, it's, I think it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. I totally agree. Okay. So one of the last questions I had about hydration is sorry, Thomas, related specifically to females. And if, I, I like females. <laughs> I have no problem with if females. If there are certain times during the month where we need to be realizing that we're, that we need to hydrate more or less, or if it matters more or less. So would we look at, so I guess the one thing is when, when a female has a natural cycle, right? So she's not taking birth control or something like that. That's where the research lies. So if somebody's taking like 
you know, a birth control or something like that. Um, this not, doesn't necessarily pertain to them, but for an athlete okay. that has a natural cycle, whose hormones are naturally fluctuating. Right. So in the second half of our cycle, the luteal phase is when it's called the high hormone phase. So that's when all of our hormones start to climb. Right. So there is some pretty interesting research that shows as those hormones start to climb, we actually have a decreased plasma volume. So if we have less, you know, volume in the plasma, we're more likely to feel the effects of dehydration. Right. So there has been some research looking at, do we need to do that sodium loading? Do we need to pay more attention to our hydration towards the end of our cycle? Um, like, are we going to feel the effects of dehydration more during those days? And the answer is probably yes. Right. And I, I mean, working with tons of female runners, I know that, you know, that's the few days that workouts feel hard. You know, that's the few days that we feel like if we're going to bomb something, that's when we bomb it, you know, when we do have more headaches, when we do feel more dehydrated. So, you know, there certainly is some research to show that might be beneficial. Okay. Speaking of cycles, uh, Megan, I saw you on an elliptigo. <laughs> I did. Yes. I have an elliptigo. I got after some foot surgery and, uh, 2012 and you should see the looks we get on that thing on the trail <laughs> does your has your neighbor seen you on it oh on yeah it? oh my gosh people stop us constantly constantly yeah people take pictures on the trail i'm like whose instagram am i on right now you're not a, a short woman you are you are a taller no. taller female how tall are you i'm 5'11 and i would say the elliptic goes about eight inches off that, the ground that's what i was gonna say so <laughs> like I would see you coming and you've got that nice flowing black hair riding down. Like <laughs> do, do people, are they getting out of your way? Oh, you better believe it. And the best part is it's really loud. So it's like, like it's super loud. So everyone hears it coming. You're massive. Dogs hate it. They like plunge at you. You know, when you go by them. Wait, oh, do you wear a helmet when you're on it? I do wear a helmet cause I've fallen off of it before. <laughs> I'm getting a picture here. It's amazing. There is absolutely no way to look cool on an elliptigo no way no way you always look okay. like a real big tool yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> okay. dean dean kind of <laughs> posted in his in his instagram the other day and it looked like he was riding a bike without a seat <laughs> i'm like and that's what happened when when we were in grade school like if you wanted to pick on someone you just take their seat off their bike and they'd have to ride it home you know like like that <laughs> so it's all making sense now. Like this to you is triggering these memories. Or maybe triggering my memories of the joy yeah. of stealing other people's bike seats. <laughs> <laughs> I was a skateboarder. Much cooler. And no helmet. Back then it, it was back in the uh back in the late eighties, so you didn't have to uh we didn't there they I don't even know if they invented like helmets for for bicycles at that point. Probably. But it was like, you know, people doing Tour de France. <laughs> And they're like hats, right? They didn't even have to wear helmets. Yeah, they just wore painter's caps. Megan, the internet sucks because you can get a lot of misinformation out there. And as someone who has studied and actually taken tests and has, is, is what do they call it? Certified? No, a learned family. Oh. Um, you're from a learned family. Uh, you probably see stuff posted by people that are pseudo-nutritionist or what works for them or something they stumbled across like, you know, mushroom tea or something like that uh, and are claiming it's amazing. Is there anything that you've seen this past week that just made you like, oh, always? <laughs> no, but I think the biggest thing that makes me uh, with um, 
this whole, you know, that fits perfectly into this conversation is people getting very fixated on looking a certain way at the start line of a race, right? So there's a lot out there from, you know, non-sports dietitians um, saying that we need to limit fluid, limit sodium, right? So that our ab muscles show, so that our, you know, muscles bulge a little bit more, right? Which is absolutely a performance tanker if we get to a start line dehydrated without enough salt, right? So the things that I'm telling people to do, all of you guys to start paying attention to is to purposefully hold on to extra fluid to help us with our performance. And I do way too often see people recommending the opposite, um, from a mere, uh, body image, um, goal versus an actual performance goal. So it's, you should feel a little bloaty at, at the start line. You don't feel a little doughy. You've done it wrong. Okay. See, and that's the thing. Like I, you know, of course I want my six pack to show it in, you know, I'm very into that, but, uh, I feel like I've always not done enough pre-race. Like, cause I go into taper and I'm like, okay, cut back your eating, cut back your, your stuff because you're not exercising as much. I don't want to get in the t- two weeks before the race, I don't want to gain 50 pounds, you know? Um, so I've been guilty of that myself of like almost starving myself during taper because I don't want to lose what, I guess I confuse fitness with skinniness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't think you're the only one who kind of has some of those preconceived notions in their mind. Right. But just remember, we're going to get really dehydrated out there during that race. So just save it it for the post-race pictures, not the pre-race. So vomit at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I did not say that. (laughs) I was just, I was channeling uh, Drati (laughs) from, from Marathon Project. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Feathers, what are the three things that Karen, if she was coming to you as a client, what were the three things that you'd recommend her to start off doing to uh, attempt to acclimate better to summer weather and to avoid having GI issues when she's running? The first thing would be, let's make sure we're drinking enough on a daily basis. So really assessing where our daily hydration intake is at. And then second would be making sure that we do a sweat loss test, right? Simple way in, way out around a run. And we're going to calculate how much we're losing an hour to then add that on to that daily hydration. And then third would be really starting to look into uh, electrolyte losses, right? So questions of, do you see visible salt, you know, on your clothes, on your face? You know, that would be the first question. If if it's yes, you know, then maybe we talk about getting um, a sweat composition test that would actually look at how much sodium we're losing in that sweat, you know, per hour. So, you know, that would be that final, final little piece in there to help her, um, which, you know, as we talked about with. GI issues, it often is a combination of the fluid and the sodium loss. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed Fuel for the Soul and we appreciate Megan and Megan's time. And we'll probably have to figure out, start calling Megan Featherston Feathers from now on so that we can we can tell who's who. But appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully recommend this to a friend, share it with someone you think it would help. Obviously what we're doing here is trying to increase people's performance through nutrition and uh, we have Megan's expertise to help guide us along the way. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Anybody else you want to thank? Yeah, thank you, Karen, for submitting your question. If you want your question answered, um, head over to the Anchor app 
and you can send in your audio recording or you can email us. All of the information will be in the show notes. Until next time, stay hydrated, know your sweat rate, and eat some extra salt. <laughs>